Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. At Calvary, we're going to take every opportunity possible to let people know about Jesus. Look what Jesus says in Mark chapter 16, beginning in verse 9. He says, when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of who he had driven seven demons. She went and she told those who had been with him and those who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. Verse 12. Afterwards, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. It says, these returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Verse 14. Later, Jesus, he appeared to the eleven as they were eating. And it says, he rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Verse 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Can you read that with me one more time? Verse 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. All these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They'll drive out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. It says they will pick up snakes with their hands and they will drink deadly poison. We're bringing out snakes at the end of service. It's going to be amazing. It will not hurt them at all. It says they will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus has spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. I love this. This is our great commission. This is our job. This is what Jesus told the disciples. And I believe it's what he's telling us today. And I've titled this, Tell the World. If you're writing notes, I want you to write this down. Tell the World. I want to talk to you out of this subject for the next maybe 25, 30 minutes. And I hope it will encourage you. And I really just want us to be a church that's all about lost people. That we think about the lost. That we're praying for the lost. That our eyes are on the lost. That we're desperate to see the lost be found. Amen. Come on, let's close our eyes, bow our head, and let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy. God, we pray that you would have your way in this place. Thank you for the amazing 9 a.m. we had. Thank you for all the students going to youth camp. God, protect them and be with them as they're on their way to camp right now. Go before them and surround them, Jesus. God, we pray for an amazing week in their life. God, we pray that you would uh, just uh, you would speak to them, that they would discover their purpose and calling this week, that they would awaken to everything that you have for their lives. Thank you for this 11 a.m., for the 1 p.m., for the 7 p.m. tonight. Thank you for this community, this family. Thank you God for what you're doing today in Jesus name all of God's people say oh come on all of God's people say come on can you give Jesus a big shout of praise come on hey anybody remember when you were in school possibly maybe high school if some of us already are out of school if you graduated I graduated maybe about three years ago and uh, but anybody remember when you used to show up to school and the teacher had a pop quiz a surprise test. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How many know those were the worst days ever? Right? Like you would show up, you had an amazing weekend, you hung out with friends and family, and you had just such a great time, maybe playing with friends and went shopping, went to the mall, and you would show up all of a sudden to school on, on a Monday and you would get to class and there's a smile on your face and you're like, the weekend was amazing, it's phenomenal, it's gonna be a great week. And the teacher goes, Hey everybody, take out your number two pencils. Today there is a pop quiz. 
You're just like, wait a minute, you're, you're, you're surprised. Like you are, you are baffled. You are uh, flabbergasted. You are beside yourself. You are like a pop quiz. Like, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you give us a heads up? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, if you would have gave me a heads up, I would have prepared for the exam. I would have studied for the exam. And now I'm sitting here and I have no idea about what we're about to be testing on. Well, it's a pop quiz. And you're just like, oh my, how I many you know that's, that's the moment you start sweating. You start getting really nervous. That's the moment that you, you would have wished and prayed that you skipped class. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying I did it. I love you, mom and dad. I'm just saying like, that's the day that you wish you didn't go to class. And so you're sitting there and you're getting ready for a test and they pass out the pieces of paper to everybody. Right. And, and you're getting ready to take this test. You're getting ready to take this exam. And all of a sudden, how many know you're going through this test and, and there's some, there's some stuff that you're not prepared for. There's some questions that you have no idea what the answer is. How many know that, um, Every once in a while, it, I'm not saying this is right either, but every once in a while, you had to look over your neighbor's shoulder. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you were just lost. You have no idea what to do. How many know when you had no idea what to do in a test, you also just press C all the way down, fill in the C all the way down, and you just take an average or whatever. Right? And, and at times you would look over your neighbor's shoulder and you're like, this guy, how many know in every class, there was always one person excited to take a test? Anybody know what it's about? You had that classmate that was always amped to take a test. Like, we have a pop quiz today. And he's like, yes, I love pop quizzes. And you're looking at your neighbor like, what? Yes, how, who would be excited for exams? Like, this guy just has three number two pencils all sharpened on his desk. And he's like cracking his knuckles. He's like, let's do this. <laughs> so what do you do? You get right next to him during class. And you're like, I'm going I'm to pass this pop quiz, you know? And so they're passing out the, 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 the pieces of paper, the sheets of paper. The neighbor grabs it. And as the test is going, you start looking over his shoulder. But you ever sat next to somebody where you knew they had the answers and you knew they're filling out the test and they're doing amazing, but all of a sudden this is their reaction? And they're covering the answers. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're just sitting there like, oh my goodness, like what in the world? Are you serious? Help a brother out. I don't know the answers. It's a pop quiz. I didn't study. Can you help me out? And they're like, you should have studied all the time. Be prepared all the time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And they're just covering the pieces of paper. And you're just like, aren't you a Christian? I thought you were a believer. Sharing is caring, right? Like, and you just start getting all spiritual in class. Like, Jesus said, Jesus didn't say anything about cheating, <laughs> but you just start pulling out verses. Can I tell you, I think a lot of us, the church, we're living like we have the best kept secret and we are covering the answer called Jesus. I think it's time for the church to awaken. I think it's time for the church to share. I think it's time for the church to say, you know what? Jesus, he's not a secret to be kept. He's the answer to share with humanity. I think for too long, the churches live like, oh my God, I got this answer. His name is Jesus. He changed my life, but I'm not letting nobody know. You show up to work and there's something different about you. You show up to your job. You show up to a family party and you show up to a function. And everybody knows there's something different about you, but you're like, I can't share my faith. I don't know what to do. I don't even know what the Bible is. I don't know all the books of the Bible. I know I found grace, but I don't know. I think it's time that we start saying, hey, I don't know exactly what happened. All I know is I was lost. Now I'm, now I'm found. I was blind. Now I can see. Come on. I found Jesus. He found me and he changed my life. For too long, I think Christians, we just decided we're just going to go to an event every single Sunday called church, and we show up at an event that we're okay with our lives, and we live Monday through Saturday as if nothing happened in our life. How many know we're living in a state of emergency? 
We're living in a state of emergency. I mean, you just look across our city, Miami. There's so many millions of people dying without Jesus. We're talking about the end times next week. I believe Jesus is coming. Time is running out. It's not time for the church to be quiet. It's time for the church to be loud about the answer called Jesus. I think we should go to every street corner, every, every block we can, every neighborhood, every job, every family, and let them know about the answer called Jesus. There's people trying to cope with pain in our city. It doesn't take long just to go down. You go down downtown Miami, you see so many people trying to cope with pain. Some of you, you show up to your workplace, and you know what I'm talking about. There's people in there trying to cope with the pain in their life. They're trying to find peace. They're trying to hope, find hope. They're trying to find some kind of answer and some kind of solution for the life that they're living in. Some of us know because that's where we came from. We were lost. We were broken. We were hopeless. We had no peace. You know how many people are popping pills every single night so that they can have some rest at night? They have no peace in their life. Marriages falling apart. Lives and destinies and people just completely torn by sin. And the church, we come on Sunday morning, we sing a couple songs and we think, this is amazing. I'm going to check it off my list and then I'm going to go home and live like Jesus never existed. And we're too afraid to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think it's time that the church just begins to open up our mouth and say, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got the solution. His name is Jesus. He's the answer to sin. He's the hope of humanity. Come on, if you're not afraid of what Jesus has done in your life and you're not afraid to lift up your voice, can somebody give Jesus a shout of praise in this place? Come on. He is the solution. He's the answer. How many people are trying to put stuff in their system? So many people are trying to put drugs, relationship, a house, a car to make them feel better about themselves. People putting stuff up their nose. People injecting themselves in a vein just to find some peace, just to find a solution. When the solution came 2,000 years ago on a cross where he died for humanity, I got the answer. His name is Jesus. Come on, we got to tell the world. In Luke chapter 15, I love the Bible because it shows desperation for the lost. In Luke chapter 15, there's three stories back to back to back about lost things. It begins with the parable of the lost sheep, right? There's a lost sheep and it says that the shepherd, he goes crazy when he loses a sheep. It says that he leaves the 99 to go after the one sheep. He's like, oh, I'm glad I got 99 sheep, but wait a minute, I had 100. I'm going after that one that got lost. In Luke chapter 15, after that story, there's a second story about a lady who had coins. It looks like she was a coin collector. And uh, she loses one coin. And the Bible says that she goes crazy trying to find that one coin. Like she turns her house upside down. She flips over the sofa. She finds Doritos in between the sofas, eats them while she's looking for a coin. And, and she's just looking all over the place. The Bible says that when she finds the last coin, the one that had gone missing, she throws a party. And she's excited that she found the lost coin. Like, I got my coin. In fact, she uses the coin to throw a party. She invites her neighbor and she's like, I found what was lost. She throws a party. Then there's a third story about the parable of a lost son. The Bible says that there's a son who got a lot of money from his dad and he got an inheritance early and he goes out to Vegas and he has the time of his life and he spends all of this money and the dad is waiting for his son to come back and he has no idea when the son's going to come back. But what the father's doing is that he's looking for the lost all the time. And the Bible says he's waiting in front of his house. And one day he sees the lost son coming home. And the father goes running to the lost son, throws his arms around him, begins to kiss him all around his forehead and all around his neck. And it says, my lost son has come home. How many know that when something's lost, you don't care so much about the found things. You care about the lost things. One time I went fishing and 
And I remember it was a bunch of us on a boat. We took out my dad for uh, fishing for Father's Day, and we're all on this boat, and I had bought these brand-new sunglasses. They were super expensive. They cost $5.99 at a gas station. <laughs> but I lose all sunglasses, so I said, I'm not losing these. I'm going to buy one when I go fishing, and I'm not losing these sunglasses. I remember I was on the boat, and everybody's fishing. Everybody's having a good time, and I lost my sunglasses. And I remember that maybe for like 30 minutes, everything zoned out, and I didn't care about nothing but my lost sunglasses. People were catching fish. Somebody caught like a great white shark. I don't know what happened on the boat. Like everybody's screaming. Everybody's having a good time, and people caught dolphins, mahi-mahis, and all that. And for 30 minutes, I'm like, where are my sunglasses? I made a promise that I would not lose these sunglasses, and I'm looking all over the place. I could not find them, but what I noticed is I did not care about the found things when I was looking for the lost things. Can I tell you that God hears our worship, but his eyes always goes back to the lost things because he's interested in the lost. If we're going to be a church that loves God, then we have to love what God loves, and God loves people. God is often distracted by lost people, and his eyes always go back to his lost children. How many know in our city there's a bunch of lost children? And I think it's time that the church begins to share the gospel and open up and not wait for a preacher, not wait for a Sunday. God can use you right wherever you go. In Mark chapter 16, Jesus had just resurrected from the dead. Jesus had been dead for three days and after three days he resurrects and here he is walking around. The Bible says that he hung out for 40 days after his resurrection. And so many people saw him. In fact, the Bible says over 500 people saw Jesus resurrected from the dead. And he first shows up to Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, she, she goes crazy. Like, she can't believe it. And she runs and, and she tells some people about Jesus. He's alive and they don't believe her. It says that he appeared to two other disciples and they go crazy and they run and they tell the others and they don't believe it. And finally, he shows up to the 11 disciples that are in a room. Doubting Thomas is in there and so many others. And he says, did you not believe? I told you that on the third day I would rise. And all of a sudden, he begins to talk to them and he gives them what we just read. And it's called the Great Commission. Now, the word commission, literally what it means is a set of instructions for a group of people. I believe the group of people are not just disciples. I believe it's the church of Jesus Christ today. And he gives them the great commission. The commission is go into all the world and tell them about me. Go and lay hands on them. Go and pray for the sick. Go and tell them the good news. Go and set them free. This is our job and our mission as a church. Our mission and our job is not just to come on a Sunday, sing a couple of songs, listen to a cute little message, and then go home. Our job is to go out and rescue people. Our job is to go out into every corner and tell the world about Jesus. And so I want to just share with you three quick things that I, can, I think and hope can help you today as we talk about evangelism. Number one, I want you to write this down. It's go and tell. Somebody say it's go and tell. Write that down. It's go and tell. This whole gospel thing, it's about going and telling. What does that mean? I'll put it this way. It's not come and stay. It's go and tell. The Christian life is not about coming and staying. It's about going and telling. I think a lot of times the church, what we've been really comfortable with is, is just coming to church on a Sunday and, and really just having our assigned seats, right? And if somebody takes our assigned seats, we get really upset. And we go tell the person that's doing host team, our dream team, somebody took my seat. Oh my goodness. Okay, hey, we'll try to find out what happened. Uh, do you have season tickets? Yes. <laughs> and we come to church, and there's nothing wrong with coming to church. I'm all for church. Come on, this is what we do. I love it. How many know? But the Christian life is not about coming and staying within the four walls. I want you to know at Calvary, we're not going to get comfortable within these four walls. 
And I think so many times we, we have this mentality about coming and staying. Like, hey, I came to Jesus. He found me. He saved me. Now I'm just going to stay. And let's sing Kumbaya until Jesus comes back. Right? Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. This Christian life is amazing. It's so good. I think it's really easy to get caught up in a bubble in the Christian world. And forget that there's people dying on the outside. We can easily live in these four walls and want one service after another. We should have a service on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. Listen, I'm all for services every day of the week, but I'm more for being a salvation army and going outside to every street, every neighborhood, every block and telling people about Jesus. Let's not wait for people to come in here. Let's go out and tell the world about Jesus. And I think Christians, what we want to do is that we want to get in here and have our holy huddle and talk about theology and talk about the Bible all day long and all week long. And that's great. But there's some people that will take that and run with it for the rest of their lives. And let's talk about theology. In fact, let's argue about theology. Are we first Baptist or are we second Baptist? Are we Methodist or are we Luther? Are we Pentecostal or are we charismatic? Do we have tambourines or no tambourines? Do we have danzarinas or flags or no? Should we do a day with it? Should we put lights or should we not put lights? Should we have haze or should we not have haze? Should we have people clapping or no clapping? Should we have electric guitars or no electric guitars? I don't like electric guitars. You know what? Oh my God, let's be Anabaptists instead. You know what? And there's all this talk about the audience. Should men preach? Should women preach? I don't think women should preach. Should teenagers preach? I don't care what mouth God is using. I think we need to all open up our mouth, stop arguing, and preach the message of Jesus to a world that's dying. And say, it's not come and stay. It's go and tell. Come on, the world is dying. And the solution is Jesus. Is he coming back on a white horse or on a brown horse? I don't know. Come on, if you've been around church long enough, you know that Christians are really good at arguing. And we're really good about, I, I just want to come on Sunday and I hope the pastor has a message just for me. I want to go deep in the word. I want to go deep. Come on, bring me some theology. Believe so many Christians want a PhD on theology and then it doesn't affect their Monday through Saturday at all. And you're sitting there in your office with theology all you want. I'm, I'm all for theology. Theology is a study of God. But, my, but if my study of God does not help me in my love for people, then I don't want to argue it. I want to put it in action. I want to help people. I want to reach out my hand. Somebody say it's go and tell. Alex, how can I do that? Look what the Bible says. The Bible says that he will give us power when we go and tell people. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So you will receive power. I want you to know when you go and tell somebody about Jesus, you're not doing it on your own strength. We got the Holy Spirit who gives us power. He's our counselor. He's our best friend. He's going to lead us and he's going to guide us. It's going and tell. I think it's time that the church stops. I love that we're doing a back to school drive. I love that we're going down to Homestead and we're going to throw a party for every single child going back to school. And we're a church that does not just speak about Jesus. We're going to put some money where our mouth is and we're going to help these kids. And we're going to put backpacks. We're going to put notebooks. We're going to put pencils. We're going to put pens. I love that we helped the church in Puerto Rico after a hurricane and we helped build them back up. I love that we're going to Cuba and we build an auditorium for a church in Cuba. Come on, because we're about going and telling people about Jesus. Can't just stay in here. We got to go and tell the world. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Number, number two is uncontainable. Somebody say it's uncontainable. I put it this way. When the news is unbelievable, the news is uncontainable. When the news is unbelievable, the news is uncontainable. I love Mark chapter 16 right there, that story that we read, because when Jesus resurrected, you see two different people groups running and telling people. 
like, like they were just like, they were excited. Like when they saw Jesus, they ran and told that. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like we see Mary Magdalene. She sees Jesus. You know she was grateful. She had, the Bible says she had seven demons in her that Jesus had delivered her from. And so she sees Jesus and she's like, oh! <laughs> Jesus, it's you! Oh my goodness! And Jesus is like, yeah, run and tell that. And so she runs and she tells people about Jesus, right? She was excited. The news, it was unbelievable. So she could not contain it. He's not a secret to be kept. It says, and Jesus shows up to two other disciples that were on the road. And they're like, ah! oh my goodness. Jesus, you're not dead. You defeated death. Oh my God, this news is unbelievable. So it's going to be uncontainable. And they run and they tell the rest of the disciples. Until Jesus shows up in the room and he goes, didn't I tell you guys that after three days I would resurrect? But every single time you got news that are unbelievable, you should run because it should be uncontainable. You ever notice when people got gossip, they, they spread that gossip really quick. Has somebody ever called you? They call you and you pick up the phone and yeah, yeah what's going on? And they're like, let me tell you, are you sitting down? <laughs> How many know if it starts like that, they're going to tell you some stuff. Christians are good for gossip. Can I get an amen? Let me tell you who I saw at the 11 a.m. today. <laughs> Let me tell you who is going out with who. We're really good about spreading different stories, but I, I, hope, I hope we're better about spreading the story about Jesus Christ. <laughs> but every time you got some unbelievable news, you, you want to share with somebody, right? Like when people got a brand new iPhone, when the iPhone X came out, everybody's like on their X. And I'm still on like the five. And I'm like, don't show me your X. I don't care about your X. Oh my God, it's a beautiful phone, right? You just want to tell the world. You want to tell everybody. Have you ever seen a girl that she's just gotten proposed to and she got engaged? All of a sudden, she is using her hand more than ever before in every conversation. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, this girl just got engaged, and you see all the girls that get engaged, all of a sudden, their hand movements are so expressive. They are just, I mean, they talk, and they're just like, oh, my God, I did not know that happened. <laughs> what? What movie did you guys see? That's a phenomenal movie. Was it on a big screen or a small screen? Comfortable seating or no, right? Every picture on their Instagram, on Twitter, they just have their hands up for no reason. Like, like looks like an album cover. Because they just got a ring. And they're excited about that ring. Like, they'll do anything to bring up the ring. Oh, did you just mention diamonds? I got a diamond. Like, they'll just throw it in there. I think Christians, we should be the same way about Jesus. Like, you just get around the cafeteria at work, and somebody's talking about Jesus, your coworker. You're like, did you just say Jesus? Let me tell you, he's the greatest news I've ever gotten. He saved me. I was lost. I was broken. I was sick. I was on my way to hell. But he came into my life, and he changed me. He resurrected me. I was dead, but now I'm alive. I was blind, but now I can see. He's the answer. He's the solution. It's uncontainable. His name is Jesus. We're just going to bring them up whenever we can. And they're like, no, we were talking about Jesus. Oh, okay. <laughs> but since you're bringing up Jesus, <laughs> you bring it up again. Come on, let's take every opportunity to tell the world about Jesus. Every corner we can, we're telling G people about Jesus. Paul and Silas, the Bible says that they, they, were, they, were, they were ordered not to talk about Jesus. Right, all the disciples, they were ordered, hey, you can no longer talk about Jesus. Look what the Bible says in Acts chapter 4, verses 18 through 20. It says, they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we can't help about what we have seen and heard. We can't help it. We're going to speak about what we've seen and heard. 
Like, I know you don't want me to talk about Jesus. I know you don't want me to be that Christian. And I'm not saying to be that type of Christian. You know, there's some Christians out there that they'll just go everywhere and be like, repent now. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> you need Jesus or you're going to hell. That's not what I'm talking about. That is not what we're talking about. That's not who we are. When I say that I want our church to be evangelists with a whole lot of love and with a whole lot of grace. I'm telling people truth, but truth has to go with grace and grace has to go with truth. It's hand in hand. I'm not talking about getting in a corner with a big old poster board and a megaphone and telling people repent, turn or burn. That's not what I'm talking about. But we can talk to the person that's next to us in the cubicle and just say, hey, I don't know what you're going through, but I just want to tell you, God, he's for you. He's with you. And I just can't help, but I, I got to tell you about what I've seen and what I've heard. I just seen that my life was a mess, but Jesus came and he completely turned it around. I just know that I was on my way to divorce, but Jesus, he came and he healed my marriage. He healed my students. He helped my children. He helped my youth. And I just know I used to be an addict, but God, he delivered me. I just know that I was on my way out, but God, somehow, some way he saved me and I should have been in jail. I should have been six feet under, but by the grace of God and only by his grace, he found a sinner like me and he saved me and he helped me. And all I want to say is that he wants to help you too. And he's for you and he loves you. You don't need to know the whole Bible. To share the gospel with somebody but if you can just share your story i'm telling you god will use you in such an incredible way i think we're all witnesses of what we've seen and what we've heard number one is go and tell number two it's uncontainable and number three is urgent somebody say it's urgent we're living in a state of emergency i really think that christians we should live with urgency i love the apostle paul the apostle paul he lived with a state of urgency he didn't care where he had to go he would go and tell people about jesus like he was bold with it. He didn't care. He's like, oh, you might put me in jail. You might tell me to be quiet, but I'm just going to go and tell people about Jesus. I'm going to go to Rome. I'm going to go to Macedonia. I'm going to go whatever city I can because, because we're living in the last days. Because we're living in end times. And, and there's no time to waste. Paul understood to make the most of our time. Look what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. He says, for when I preach the gospel... He says, I can't boast. I'm compelled to preach. In fact, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. He, Paul says, I'm drawn to preach. I have to preach. People are dying. People are, are, are going to hell without Jesus. Like, I, I just need to tell people about Jesus. I'm compelled to do it. There's a force. Something is pulling me and telling me, share the gospel. He had urgency in his mind. And I think really a lot of us, what we need to do is live with a state of urgency in our mind. So you know what? I'm going to tell the gas attendant. I'm going to tell the person at Starbucks. I'm going I'm to tell everybody I can about Jesus. Look what Jesus says about us and how we should live. In Matthew chapter 5, if we could put up Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says this. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and you'll end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be the light. Somebody say light bringing out the God colors in the world God is not a secret to be kept he says we're going public with this as public as a city on a hill he says if I make you light bearers you don't think I'm gonna hide you under a bucket do you I'm putting you on a light stand now that I put you there on a hilltop on a light stand what does it say shine keep open house I'll show you this way if you can help me out with a here we go we got a flashlight and a bucket I'll just put it this way. Thank you, Seth. He says, I, I've made you a light. 
Like, I made you light. Like, this is you. You're a flashlight. He said, I, I didn't make you a light to hide you under a bucket. I think a lot of us, this is how we're living our lives, right? I'm be, I've been guilty of it, too. It's like, oh, I know my coworker. He's going through it, but I'm just going to hide my light. I don't know the whole gospel, and my life isn't all the way there, so I can't tell people about Jesus. So I know my family member is going through it, but who am I to pray for them? And who am I to ask, can I pray for you? And who am I to invite them to a church? Or who am I to tell them about Jesus? And, and I'm under a light, and... And this is how we're going through the world. The world is dark, but we're going through the world like this, hiding our light under a bucket. Jesus is like, wait a minute. I didn't make you a light to hide you under a bucket. I made you a light so that you can shine. Like, why are you under the bucket? Why are you hiding all about grace and what Jesus did in your life? Like, this is the best news ever. You should let your light shine. And I think all of us as Christians, we should just not be afraid to say, you know what? The world may get dark. It may get really dark out there and people may be living in sin. But I'm just going to let my light shine brighter. I'm going to make sure that I tell the world about Jesus. And I'm going to help people find a way. I'm going to be search and rescue. And I'll help you find a way. I'm going to help you guide you to the way of everlasting, to the ancient of days i'm gonna tell you about grace i'm gonna tell you about jesus i'm gonna tell you who's the way the truth and the life i'm gonna tell you about the name that is above every name i'm gonna show you come on follow me i got good news follow me i heard the gospel come on if somebody if you know jesus has saved you i think it's time to shine our light i think it's time to raise our voice and i think it's time to tell people about jesus come on let's stand up on our feet all across this place, if we could stand up on our feet with every eye closed and every head bowed. I think we're living in end times. I really believe that. We're going to be looking at that over the next three, four weeks. But I really think it's time that we let our light shine brighter than ever before. I think it's time to start sharing the gospel. And I'm glad we come to church weekly. I'm glad we got packed services. But a national poll lately said that only 2% of Christians have ever led somebody to Jesus. 2%. I wonder if some of us, we got neighbors next to us and we look down upon them because they're different instead of embracing them with the grace of Jesus. I wonder if some of us, we go to some public spaces and we look at people and how they're living their lives and we're quick to criticize and judge and not quick to show love. Now, I don't know about you, but I want the love of Jesus to break my heart for what breaks his. I want to be guided and led by the light of Jesus. To say, Jesus, the same way you love me, in the same way you saw me, I want to see people. Come on with eyes closed and head bowed all across this place. I want the church praying. I want dream team praying. Every leader praying if you're in here. I want to invite some people into a relationship with God today. Maybe you're in here and you say, Alex, I'm, I'm far from God. I'm distant from God. I don't have a relationship with God. In fact, I feel like God wants nothing to do with me because of some of the steps and paths that I've taken in life. Maybe you're in here today and this is your first or second time hearing something like this and you're like, God can't possibly love me. I'm, I've done wrong. I've been in wrong places. I've said wrong. I've thought wrong. I want to tell you that the truth is all of us have. The Bible says that all of us are sinners. There's not one perfect person in this place today. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. The Bible says that all of us have sinned. And this is why it's such incredible, unbelievable news. Because when we were far from God, God loved us so much that he sent down his son Jesus to come close to us. The truth is that none of us could ever go to God, but God loved us so much that he came down to us. The Bible says that Jesus came and he grabbed all of my sin, all of your sin, the sins of the whole world on his shoulders. The Bible says that Jesus, he went up on a cross and he died for humanity.
there on that cross after he was beaten and whipped bleeding he hung on that cross for all of our sins the Bible says he died on that cross he went down to a grave he was in a grave for three days but after three days he resurrected Jesus he's alive he's the answer he's the hope he's the peace that you've been looking for he's the forgiveness that you need in your life nothing else can fill that space except Jesus with every eye closed with every head bowed all across this place as the whole church is praying nobody looking around I'm gonna count to three in just a moment if you're in here today and you say Alex I need Jesus Alex I need a relationship with God I've, I've been far away from God I thought he didn't love me but today I realize I need forgiveness and I want a relationship with God every eye closed every head bowed for privacy and concentration I want to tell you he loves you he's for you he's on your side when I count to three if you say Alex I need forgiveness today is a brand new day when I count to three I want you to raise your hand wherever you're at I'm not gonna embarrass you I'm not gonna point you out none of that I just want to see you for a second every eye closed every head bowed hold it up for just a second and then you can put it right back down one two three hands up all over the place amazing 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 god bless you god bless you god bless you all over this place amazing amazing anybody else you raise your hand father we thank you so much for all these hands raised thank you for all these people making the decision to follow you today god we pray that you seal this moment with your holy spirit thank you god for every person today putting their faith and their trust in you I'm going to say a simple prayer and I want the whole church to repeat this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. All we're doing is making Jesus Lord and Savior. The Bible says if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. Come on, with every eye closed, with every head bowed, repeat after me out loud. In fact, the whole church, we're going to say this out loud together. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you Jesus I believe you're the son of God that you died for my sins and on the third day you resurrected come into my life be my Lord and be my Savior in Jesus name I'm forgiven I'm saved and I'm healed amen amen and amen come on can we give them all a big big hand come on 11 a.m. Can we celebrate all these people making a decision today?